1: Hello and welcome to Yahoo Sports Canada's Raptors Over Everything podcast, sponsored by KFC. I'm your host, Vivek Jacob. I'm joined by Alex Wong. We're going to recap the Raptors 119-116 win over the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Off the top first quarter, the Raptors came out looking a little sluggish against a team that they maybe didn't have too much respect for after the Hawks let the Clippers score 150 on them in regulation no overtime and then the pistons just last night uh beat them by 25 and so you're looking at that and the raptors are probably thinking coming in well rested that this is a w off the bat as long as they do what they're accustomed to doing yeah you know
0: it's hard um It's hard for the Toronto Raptors defending champs to get up for a lot of these games. You know, when you step on the floor and you're already better than 20 teams by default. So tonight was definitely one of those. And the Hawks got off to a really fast start, especially in the first half. Felt like the defensive intensity wasn't there for the Raptors. Um, Gave up 60 points in the first half. But once again, you know, the Raptors haven't lost to a team with a losing record so far this season. You know, they came out again, made the adjustments. You know, I think they played at a way higher level in the third quarter, and I think they they had the Hawks. Um, the Hawks had, like, two points, like, um, six minutes into the fourth quarter, and, you know, it got a little bit dicey there at the end, but the Raptors closed it out, and honestly, um, for me, it was just a, it was a professional win.
1: Yeah, and I think there were, when you say the word professional, the main thing I think about is the way Fred VanVleet handled his matchup with Trey Young, and you're looking at Trey Young, um, pulling up from 35 feet, making these fancy passes, and making these highlight reel plays that has the crowd ooing and eyeing. But um, Van Vliet, steady as ever, just makes the right play every time. And I'm thinking of the third quarter where Trey Young has uh, Fred Van Vliet on the right extended elbow, crosses left, crosses right drains it over him for the KFC bucket of the game. And then Fred VanVleet says, okay, that's no problem. Comes down the court, finds Norman Powell for one three, finds Norman Powell for a second three. All of a sudden, it's a two-point game. And all that momentum, all that hype off that three is just gone like that. And you look at the fourth quarter again, just making plays down the stretch. Uh, you know, the other thing I think of is fourth quarter, there were up four, three minutes left, and Van Vliet gets on a fast break and finds Norman Powell for a floater. And then he goes on a fast break again and finishes himself, pushes the lead back up to eight. And those are the type of plays, the winning plays that make a difference. Um, And yeah, overall, again, a well-managed game for him. And I think for Trey, I, it's actually a good opportunity for him to learn and grow from. Obviously, he doesn't have John Collins' help now. That's going to make a big difference. But for him to see someone like Fred get it done in a not-so-flashy way, I think there's things that he can take from Fred's game.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Fred played 43 minutes, had 25 points, 9 assists, 7 for 21 from the field. And like you mentioned, um, you know, I think he's been—I know obviously his nickname is Steady Freddy, but— he's really been that for the Raptors with Kyle Lowry out. Um, We can talk about, and we will talk about Pascal's performance and, you know, OG and all these guys that have been contributing off the bench. But, you know, you need a starting point guard to run the show and and keep things rolling. And things can fall apart quickly if you don't have that. And, you know, Fred, I think in a way, kind of like Kyle, has become very underrated in that regard. And we talked a lot about, you know at the start of the season fred himself talked a lot about wanting to solidify himself as as a starter you know he obviously doesn't have any problems coming off the bench for a winning team but going into free agency uh, next summer you know obviously positioning yourself as a starting point guard is going to earn yourself a lot more money on the market and you know obviously we still have a long season to go but what he has shown during this stretch without kyle has been uh, really encouraging and you know, another player for me that stood out, uh, maybe not necessarily in the box score, is Marcus Um, You know, Mark only had three points, seven rebounds. He was only one for five from the field. Um, his lone field goal was a top of the break three, which means that he still ha- is having trouble finishing around the basket, which has really just haunted him the whole season. But, you know, he was incredible in the first half, I thought. Even though the Raptors trailed at the half, you know, his rim protection was was amazing. And, you know, the Hawks just couldn't get anything around the basket whenever they challenged him. And for me, it's just especially with the Sixers game coming up on Monday. Um, these are the type of games and these are the type of performances that shows you that even though Mark is not going to be one of the top scorers on the team. Um, there's still a lot of value to him being in the starting lineup. And there's going to be a lot of value to him for this Raptors team, even when he's not scoring, when the games start slowing down.
1: Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You've said this before where his value is really going to show in the postseason if he's around. Um, and I think when you look at games like this where he's able to take on all comers at the rim, uh, contest with the verticality, but also uh, you know, something Nick Nurse alluded to that we saw in this game was his ability to just sort of stomach people and just get them that half step off as they're going up, and that can throw off the shot, and that's all you really need. And he's able to do that perfectly uh, without fouling. And I think defensively, he's such a tone setter for the team because uh, he sort of quarterbacks them and lets them know what's behind them and everyone sort of plays off that and we've seen how effective that can be and there's a reason why even though he's not really scoring any points that uh the lineups that he's in just do really really well and offensively as well you know he's just sort of connects the dots and gets everyone involved keeps the ball moving and uh You know the other thing too is you know the Raptors gonna have actions that that first action that's denied and he can sort of reset the offense and keep the keep them moving keep them engaged and Nick Nurse has said this multiple times right from when they got him at the trade deadline where it's like hey if Mark has the ball just keep moving keep cutting he'll find you right and we see that over and over again so yeah he was a great contributor and you know I think when you look at the bench performances coming in and getting another 30 points last six games 39 points a game now they come in and get another 30 you look at uh the defense that Rondé hollis jefferson provided on trey young in brief stretches the raptors really needed that kind of length and that kind of strength on him on what was a hot night for him and so i thought that made a big difference and you highlighted chris boucher uh who really got on the glass again is scoring well and the chemistry that he's growing in the pick and roll. And again, just playing without thinking has made a huge difference for him where he's not thinking about, oh, this is where I have to be on this uh, defensive rotation. This is not where I'm supposed to be on this play offensively. He's just playing off feel. If he recognizes an opportunity for him to dive to the rim, he's making that right decision. If he sees that he's got an open shot for three, he's popping. So um, again, another... uh, you know, like you said, professional performance. Uh, they got it done in the stretches that they needed to. If not, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be one of those 48-minute decisive performances, but they did enough to get the win.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the the other player that we should highlight is Pascal. Um, 40 minutes, uh, 30 points, 11 for 18 from the field, shot nine free throws, made eight of them, uh, four for six from three, And I feel like this is kind of a quintessential performance you would expect from Pascal. You know, he really turned it up in the third quarter. And, you know, he did an interview with Jack Armstrong after the game talking about how he needs to be more assertive and he needs to be the best player on the floor every game. And, you know, I think this is kind of the offensive game you would want To see from Pascal in terms of, you know, he's not settling for the three. You know, the volume of three, the six three pointers, I think is good. And he was aggressive around the basket every time he saw Jabari Parker. um, He just ate him up. And, you know, it's weird for me to say this coming off a performance I don't really have a lot of complaints about, but I love to see Pascal's usage go up even a little bit more. You know, I felt like. He should have gotten the ball more in the first quarter. I know the Raptors' um, offense obviously is kind of a share of the ball, ball movement type of thing, right? Like it's not kind of, you know, just throw the ball to Pascal and just let him make things happen. But he's just so talented individually, and there's just so few guys that can guard him. And now that he's added this above the break three and he's added all these things to his game, you know, I love to see what he can do with a higher volume. And um, I'm sure the Raptors want to see that too because. Um, when the when the opposition gets a little tougher, whether it's you know with the regular season stretch that's coming up, or especially in the playoffs, like you want Pascal to get those reps, right? I don't know how you feel about that in terms of upping his usage.
1: Yeah, I definitely see the case for it because of the sort of track record that he's built in terms of how quickly he learns from any situation. So the more reps you get him going up against double teams, going up against traps. Uh, Early in possessions, I think that's just going to help him in the postseason and accelerate his growth, uh, his already rapid growth rate. And the one thing I will say to counter that is that the Raptors, you know, one of their biggest strengths is the fact that they're so effective with their ball movement. And you look at Kyle coming back, he's only going to enhance that. And then you look at uh, Siakam, you know, whether he sees a lot of the ball or not, he's going to find a way to get his. And I think that's another case for you in terms of him getting more touches because he's not going to be a black hole. He's not going to sort of suck the offense dry and players aren't going to get frustrated with what he's doing. Right. And they're not just going to be standing and watching. Uh, There's going to be opportunities for them to score off of the plays he's making because he's going to look for you. And, so I can definitely see uh, see the case uh, for both. Um, frankly, in the end, it might just come down to the fact that they need to keep him fresh. And so in order to do that, uh, especially now with a full rotation, hopefully back by next week, uh, you're looking at Rondé being able to spell him some minutes. You're looking at potentially Boucher getting some minutes at the four and being able to spell him. Uh, so little things like that are going to make a difference, uh, you know, in terms of learning curve, there's probably going to be enough opportunities before the postseason begins. And once the postseason begins, you need him um, as fresh as possible uh, after 82 games. So I think that's a good, that's a good point to sort of uh, get to the three stars. We, you know, as, as good as Pascal was with the 34 points and the way he sort of set the tone in that third quarter, I think I would give it to Fred Van Vliet for his overall game uh, right from start to finish. And I thought he was the table setter that you expect him to be. So I would give the first star uh, to him. I don't know if you have any objections. No, no objections.
0: You know, V, you are the uh, acting host of the podcast. So I can't disrespect. Um, Yeah, so, you know, Fred uh, will be the number one star tonight. Pascal, the number two star. And number three star is a player that we didn't talk about was Norman Powell. Um, 20 points in 34 minutes eight of 15 from the field three three pointers i feel like we've gotten a good norm um, for the last stretch right um, i think we were talking about before seven out of the last eight games now i feel like he's um, scored 15 plus um, and you know he's he's looked really comfortable in the starting lineup. I think um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to make the case for Norm to stay in the starting lineup when Kyle returns, especially since I think Fred has earned that uh, starting two spot next to Kyle. But Norm's definitely the player that feels more comfortable when he's playing with, like, a steady five-man lineup. So um, those inconsistencies, with Nick, which Nick Nurse himself acknowledged earlier this week, right, saying that, you know, sometimes we get 26 from him, sometimes we get zero, which uh, is it wasn't like the, the peaks and valleys weren't like that. Um I feel like those will probably come back when he goes back to the bench unit because Norm just, you know, I think he's more comfortable when he's playing with the starters. But he's been good. And, you know, it's weird for me to say, but I feel like a good Norman Powell's usually the guy who raises the Raptors like ceiling a little bit because if you're getting him and you know what you're getting from the rest of the guys like Fred, Pascal, Kyle, Serge, Mark, when they're healthy, like that's a huge piece. So um, shout-outs to Norm. Um, Norm has been playing well. We'll give him the three the third star, um, the Gerald Henderson award. Um, who, who are you looking at? I was thinking Deandre Hunter. He had 26 points tonight, but I don't know if you had somebody else in mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, Deandre Hunter definitely had a strong game. Uh, showed out it was, you know, banging the hardwood, uh, getting excited after stop on Pascal and a score. And, um, but I think you you should expect those things from a fourth overall pick. And you look at his last few games, he's been scoring consistently um, Had 27 the other night. So I don't know if he's Gerald Henderson level. You could maybe look at Jabari Parker. Uh, You can maybe look at Vince. Uh, Vince came in, you know, 19 minutes, eight points, four rebounds, one assist, two blocks. Uh, Had a nice night. And I think you know i i feel like even that first bucket he scored and go he goes and he's looking all intense it's like every time he sees the raptors it's it's one of those nights where he wants to perform and he wants to have that little extra juice in the in the tank right and then but i think more often than not right now it just feels like it isn't there 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 were a couple of drives where he went to the rim and you know we know how vintage vince finishes those plays but it's just not there anymore
0: yeah and i know You know, a lot of people, I think you were telling me before that, what is he? He's older than Trey Young's dad. That's a real stat, right? So, like, we're going to have, like, an I'm not your child controversy coming up in the Hawks locker room with V holding the Yahoo Sports mic and getting called out again. Um, Look for that um, content on uh, Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram feed coming up in the upcoming weeks. Um, You know, with Vince, I think it's cool... Um, just to think about, like I was looking up during the game, his, uh, first game when he played in his rookie season with the Raptors against the Hawks, his first Raptors Hawks game involved players like Takembe Mutombo and like Charles Oakley and D Brown. And just another example of how long he's been around. Um, I know a couple of years ago, there was a lot of push from a certain segment of the fan base saying that we should bring Vince back. Um, you know, I don't think it makes sense not to say that he's not a useful player, but you know, the Raptors suddenly have are like 11 deep, 12 deep now. Like, if Stanley Johnson ever gets out of the doghouse, then I think that's 12. So, um, you know, I think that ship has sailed. But, you know, I think his last appearance in Toronto is going to be, like, the second last game of the Hawks' regular season in, like, early April. I think it'd be super cool if we, you know, if we saw him, like, rip off his warm-up pregame and he's wearing, like, the Dino jersey one last time.
1: Yeah, that that would be super cool. Um, Yeah, some way to just... I mean, I'm sure they'll commemorate him and all his accomplishments especially during his time in toronto uh but i agree with you i think the raptors have graduated past uh making marketing moves on the court and so you know there really, really isn't a fit for him uh, on the team anymore so uh yeah i think that's pretty much going to do it for us um we're, yeah we got we got to we got to slander will a little bit uh we're hoping that he, he's at a wedding tonight so we're, we're hoping he was able to get through it because uh he wasn't really able to make rehearsal yesterday he found out at 5 p.m that he had to be at rehearsal for 5 p.m so um like alex said he kind of dipped out like that uh like uh, forrest gump and so we're hoping everything went well there um he'll be back for the philly game and he'll talk to you then